0: beautiful defining moments are pockets in time that give you clues of your purpose Kechi Castano the wealth encourager says she doesn't believe in coincidences instead she calls them godidences because there's always a purpose behind what happens to you you are listening to the Africana Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Chulu. Every week, I ask an Africana woman to invite us into her home to give us a snapshot into what happens behind her closed doors. I hope you will join me on this journey of discovery, revelation, and self-awareness. I'm not going to lie. It may become uncomfortable sometimes. However, I encourage you to push past your unease and challenge yourself to think differently. The simple act of of expanding yourself to receive the unknown may be transformational for you. Have you noticed that defining moments tend to happen when you are in transition? And more often than not, it happens suddenly or in a way that shakes you out of a slumber. That's because we get comfortable and feel safe with the familiar Because it's what we know, right? Here's the thing. Growth happens when you are uncomfortable, when you are challenged to try something new. So if you do not seek growth, it will seek you and life will push you to transition. We are so fortunate today to have Keji Castano, a transition specialist who will walk us through the different types of transitions. She also shares a very lovely story of her own most defining moment of transition that has ultimately led her to do this work. Please enjoy my conversation with Keji.
1: The Wealth Encourager is Keji Castano. She is a self-professed transition stat strategist. She takes women from the close of their previous season, guides and assists them through their transitions and prepares them for their next. So the Wealth Encourager restores hope and perspective through identifying the type of transition you are going through and uncovering the rewards that are given as a result. She sees the links between us successfully moving through transitions and us living the life of wealth we desire. Keji is a multi-potentialite who refuses to be boxed in and desires with all her heart to see people live a life of freedom on the foundations of truth. Welcome Keji to the Africana Woman podcast. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> okay so I am very very curious could you tell us a little bit about you know who are you how did you become the wealth encourager
2: you know something the wealth encourager has has been with me for I would say the last maybe two years but it's been a process because I thought that side of me was going to manifest was um I was learning about forex trading so I thought yeah this would be so good to teach women and empower them but it was like there was still something missing i i felt there was an element of um there was just something missing to it and i thought okay it's good teaching women how to do um trading and how to you know have this skill but there's just something missing and I couldn't put my finger on what it was. So I started it off and I kind of backpedaled with, with the wealth encourager. And it wasn't until I would say this from, let's say December of last year, 2020 till, yeah, up until recently where I just New. I kind of went through another transition of my own, and I thought, OK, this is exactly who the wealth encourager is, what she's supposed to do. It's not just money, but it's the whole core of who we are and um, yeah, and who we are meant to be, that, that also um, what's the word? that contributes to our wealth. Financial wealth, but it's really our core person who we are that contributes to it. And I think that's why I just was on a. I came to a stop with the wealth encouragement because there's something disingenuous about it. But I just thought that there's something else to this, and I'm not picking up what it is exactly. Hope you're tracking with me, but. <laughs>
1: So you are um, a fellow African sister. You're from Nigeria. Yes, um, I am. And currently located in the UK, right? Yes, I am. So what was your story? How did you journey from Nigeria to to the UK?
2: I like that you asked me that because that was my earliest, should I say my earliest ever experience of what it is to transition. So I was three years old. And I do remember coming into the country, actually. I have a lot of memories from that age. And um, at that time, I think in Nigeria at that time, it could have been, um, what did my mum say? I think there was some military rule at that time. So a lot of people were leaving. So we came to England, um, but it was very difficult really really difficult. So I remember at the time, like I said, I was about three years old, my parents sent me to live with another family. Um yeah, it was actually a white family. And we still and we talk to this day. You know, she's my grandmother and that's it, you know. And um but yeah, but so my parents were in London while I was there. And they're just trying to set things up and I think that's that's quite um that's quite a, a story that I think quite a few people do have when they first came to this country, especially in the 80s. It was very, very difficult. Thatcher was there and it, it, was, it was quite a hard time. So, um, yes, yeah, so I was there for... It was in an area called Portsmouth in the UK. So I was there for about maybe two years. But... although well, I was like the only black person with a white family. But... Um, I must say, I had some of the best experiences that I think any child could have had at that time. Um, I'm so grateful that I actually was in that environment. But going back to my parents and kind of remembering who they are and, and re-acclimatising... What's the word? Is it re to that... And being back in an African household, that was very difficult. So, yeah, (laughs) in a long way, that was my earliest experience of what it is to transition, not just physically from one place to the next, but as a child and just growing up and being in unfamiliar surroundings and having to adjust. And um, I'm so grateful because I think I adjusted very quickly as children do. But many times we keep a lot of things to ourselves. Um, yeah, as much as it was good, it was there was some traumatic experiences yeah. within it as well.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, just to take it back a little bit, yeah. do you have siblings? Um, did you go to live with that family um, as soon as you arrived? Or, you know, was there a bit of a trend? Was there like, oh, she was like, you know, maybe you stayed with your, your mom and dad and then they said, okay, no, we, it's, it should it'll be a good decision to take her to this other family. How would that question. happen? That's such a good question.
2: So I am the eldest of four, but at that time I was the only one. So yeah, that's how I was the only one. So um, although one of my sisters was back home in Nigeria with my grandmother, so they'll send in over one by one after the other But it's only my, myself and my Immediate sister that Were born at that time anyway So I don't remember how it went Exactly but I think It could have been within a couple of months I was already um, In ports. yeah, yeah with, with the other family So Yeah, so I think I didn't even get Much time to be with my parents, um, yeah, I didn't get much So the time new
1: family, were they? Did they also have children around your age, or you know, what was that dynamic?
2: They were an older couple, actually. Nanny Wendy her and Granddad Joe, I call them, and they they had four children. Mm-hmm. The youngest of their children, cho- children at the time, Joanne. How old was she? She was probably late teens. But, she, but um, Nanny Wendy, she was a childminder, so there's always children around the house. Always, always children around the house. Um, but I was, I was grateful for that upbringing and experience as well. Although I only spent two years there, but it's funny how ingrained in your... Ch- like the, the, That experience from the ages of two to about five how much you remember, how much goes into you becoming the person that you become later on in life as well. Just my ability to pick things up quickly, to assimilate into different environments, and um, to even to pick up the language quickly as well. She said, within was it a couple of weeks, speaking fluently English. Um, hope I answered the question. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So, did your parents come visit you often when um, you were with um, with the family? Yeah. You know, it's. I like that you're asking these questions because
2: it was maybe October last year that a lot of the memories were coming back and a lot of the things I'd forgotten. So. I don't really remember them coming. I think I remember once my dad come in and I think nanny Wendy did say that once or twice they did come down and but they'll, they'll call regularly. Um but yeah, I don't really remember them coming a lot. Maybe that's just a part of my memory. That's just completely shut
1: down so you've never had a conversation with your your parents about that time that is so good i remember we had a brief
2: conversation and um we should actually discuss a bit more because if i tell you the whole story because i lost contact with nanny wendy and just the way we got back into communication was just amazing it it's, it's really, it's near enough a miracle the way we got back into communication with each other. But the conversation I did have with my parents, um, I said, what was going on at that time? And they said, um, it was very, very difficult in the UK coming over, um, not really having people around that you could actually leave kids with. They both had to work. So there was no government support. Or anything like that And they are living in one room I do remember because when they eventually brought me back Because at that time my mum had Quite a lot of child minders Or people At the time they called it like foster carers um, A lot of them were keeping the children So I think my mum was like No, get my baby back, get my baby back <laughs> And I remember coming back home Just very devastated Because they, there was no kind of gradual Um, separation it was just this instant separation from the only person who I'd actually known as like a mother figure and um, going back to my parents I remember we're in this one bedroom and I was just looking I remember I kept silent for a good amount of days when I actually went back to my parents and um, I haven't spoken to them about that actually but they did say that they just did what they thought was in the best interest of me they knew that they were quite a good family. They would look after me well, why they could just set up a future for me um, and, my, and my, my siblings. Yeah, that's, that's the only conversation we've really had. Maybe we need to actually discuss a bit further. But it's only until recently a lot of memories have started coming back anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So why do you think the memories are coming back now?
2: I think it's to do with the wealth think- and I really do, I really do Because um, So it was September One of my friends She always has these words I call them prophetic words And she said to me She said In the next um, She said In the next month You're going to have a surprise I said what surprise? So it's not my birthday. So you're going to have a surprise. Just wait. So then in October, it was, um, I had a message and I didn't realise, you know, sometimes you get messages on Facebook and if they're not your friends, you don't see them. So I saw this message that had come to me from April and it was from Nanny Wendy's daughter. And she said, you, um, I'm sat with my mum she sat at the window, she's talking about a girl who she used to look after when she was a baby and she's asked me to try and find her and um, without getting, I don't even if I get really emotional about it but she said she's been looking for you for a long time and she really wants to try and find you again and, um, and so immediately I just sent the message back, I said it's me, it's me, it's me, and I was like ran down on my computer I was like it's me I said like, can I come I did not even know where she lived I remembered I had so many it's like the memories came back it's so weird how something could trigger off something like that so the memory and I said I'm sure I know where the house is and it's like even the road just came back to me there and then so I thought I'm going to jump in my car from my house and just drive down to Portsmouth so that's a, that was about two and a half hour drive drove I thought, okay, I know the road. I'm sure I know the road. I'm sure I remember that it was around here somewhere. I just drove and I knocked on a door and I said, I remember it was number 53, 53, I know it's 53. So I got there and um, I just knocked on the door. I, was, I always hoped to God that she'd be alive. And I just thought, I cannot take another day and wait. And as soon as I opened the, the door, she was like, Kedji, She remembered exactly who I was. And um, I think why the memories came back is because I was in this program, P2P, Purpose to Platform, with Patrice Washington. And and I knew within myself, I was going through this kind of of hibernation period. I call it metamorphosis. I was in my... um, chrysalis that caterpillars go through before they become butterflies. I just knew I was kind of separated from friendships for the meantime, certain friendships anyway, that weren't of any use to me and um, weren't weren't taking me further, really. And um, I just knew I just had to be in a time where I was away from everything and away from everybody. And um, during Peep Purpose the Platform, there was so much about me that came out. Um, so many memories that were coming back as well. So many encounters, dreams even I was having. And um, it was, I think it was necessary for that time. And and the more I was in this program, more invested I was in it. I just, the, the things that that didn't quite come together when I tried to do the wealth encourager originally it came together and I just believe that for this season my assignment is to get women through transition stages of their lives um and even there was a devotion I started writing I thought why am I writing this devotional and um the more I wrote it and the more I was consistent with doing that and actually going through my old journals. I thought, oh my gosh, I've, I've got a roadmap here for, for, for transitions for people. I've got a roadmap. I, I explain where you've come from, what you're going through and the end result, what the reward is for this particular transition. So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think that's why they've come up recently, Yeah.
0: Sis, are you like me? I literally live by my calendar. If it's not on there, it does not exist, nor does it happen. But quick question, are you on your calendar? I don't mean all the activities that you do for and with others. I mean, do you have a day that is all about you? Not babies, not bay, not work, or anything else that keeps you busy. I'm asking you to be your own bay. So one day a month, Africana Woman will host in-person events in Lusaka that give you permission to practice self-love. This is not just another networking event, you know, restaurants and cocktails. No, darling. Instead, we are partnering with local businesses to give you unique experiences like paint and sip, a ladies hike or a body positive dance class. Like you do not want to miss this. So come on then, join us, sign up today, be your own bay. Find the link in the show notes or go to africanawoman.com. Now back to the conversation.
1: Well, tell us a little bit more about transitions. I think um, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily distinguish what a transition is mm-hmm. in their life. They kind, of, We kind of just like move from thing to thing and not really think about the space in between. You know what I mean? So just tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. So transitions, I, how I define them, um, you've come to the end of something in your life. And usually before we do move into the next stage, there's usually this space in between. There's this um, period in which um, oftentimes we we have these kind of emotions. Sometimes certain relationships become out of alignment. Sometimes there's new relationships that come. Um, You find you just all of a sudden have teachers whether they be on, um, Instagram, whether they, whether they be on, um, what's the word, YouTube, whether it be in things you're reading, it's, it's like so many things are starting to make sense, or there's so many, I don't like using the word coincidences, I call them God incidences, it's just like things just start, it's almost like there's an undoing to, um, to a redoing I don't know what the word would be or there could be a very testing period that you go through in between one season ending and another season beginning there is that stage in between called the transition which is what I call it transition stage yeah
1: so what do you think are the things that um, you know people have to look out for in that space, like to be, to to make it a, su- a successful transition, what are the, the, I guess, what's your process of making sure that someone actually gets from A to B in a successful manner? Yeah. Well, I'll condense
2: it slightly. So I usually ask people just to pause for a minute because sometimes we can we can be in a buffer. We're like, oh, I'm st- I feel just really stuck. I feel like there's more that I want and we're just always doing. So I'm just like, just, just pause, right? Just pause. <laughs> just stop a minute. Reflect back on the previous season. What were some of the lessons you learned All the lessons you failed? Even so, you've learned something. Anyway, even if you, you realise you failed, there's something that you learned. What were the relationships that were very, um, that were crucial or, or held a lot of weight at that time Because relationships I believe they're not just physical Haha, we're just friends No, I think relationships are very spiritual as well They're spiritual and they take you places So those relationships at that particular In that season What were they there for? Where did they take you? What was the purpose of that previous season? And it's okay if you didn't quite Get what you're supposed to get It's fine there's another one coming. It's that's life. Then I move on to a next stage where we process, and that's we that's where I identify and help you to identify what kind of transition it is you're exactly going through. Because I don't believe all transitions are the same. Sometimes, because I've been through very quite a few of them, which I'm sure a lot of people have as well. Sometimes you go through what I would call um. The metamorphosis, which is a type of transition where before you're a caterpillar, you're eating leaves, you're just in the dirt, you're on your belly. Then you become the butterfly when you, be, when you actually realise the type of person you are, who you are, who you truly are, the type of um, the greatness that God has put inside of you as well. And you're elevated and you no longer do what caterpillars do. No, we don't have time for that anymore. So that's the metamorphosis. There's, a, there's, there's other transitions, which I call the purge. There's a purge one. Either you've been extracted from a particular place or there's things are being extracted from you. Another type of transition I call, I call the threshing as well. So that's like you've grown and there's harvest from your life. There's things, there's things that have come, you know, like in back in the olden days, olden days, I say, but let's say in the biblical period or whatever, at the end of the harvest, especially with wheat and with grains, um, they, they gather all the wheat, but there's nothing you can do with wheat. We need the grain. We need what's inside there. So you spent the last season growing and there's amazing things that have come from your life. But now we need to kind of take you through the ringer. There's this threshing board and, um, it's a big slab of rickety wood, and it's and it's very heavy. And in one side of the wood, it has flints and stones and sharp, sharp objects um, embedded into one side. And what the farmer or the beast of burden, like a, a cow or something, would do, they would drag that threshing board, or it's called a tribulan, and it comes from the word when they, you have tribulations and trials and stuff like that that's what the word comes from and they drag this tribulum, which is also called a threshing board they drag it over the um, the wheat and eventually it rips it to shreds and after ripping it to shreds you know you talk about the process of um, you separate the wheat from the chaff and that's when we get the grain so sometimes yeah the, the transition looks ugly and it's painful because there's been growth. Oh, yeah, it's wonderful. There's been growth in the last season, but we need to get it out. We need, we need your produce. that's what we want. So in that next in that next stage for the process, I help you identify, and I'll tell you what what it is, but I help you identify what kind of transition it is you're going through, but there's always a reward to whatever transition you go through. And then from there, Try and be- <laughs> from there um, I'm just going to condense it what we do is we prepare for the next season so we change our mindset that this transition is working for you not against you and there's also people who will benefit from whatever it is you're going through right now and Then the last one is that we just unpack any type of excess luggage that we have with us. It can't go through customs with us. We don't want it. We don't want it. It's got to go. I think of this story all the time. I was going to Dublin. I don't know what I was thinking. I ended up taking in my bag um, a pair of scissors. Can you imagine going through the plane? what was I doing with scissors in my bag? And they're really good scissors because they're used for cutting hair, for trimming hair, so they're expensive. I had to throw it in the bin. Then I also had some liquid. And at that time, remember with um, 9-11. So I was like, what am I doing with this liquid? And I had to throw that away. It was a perfume bottle. I was so annoyed. But at the end of the day, when I got to where I got to, it wasn't necessary. I didn't even think about it again. So there's this unpacking process that we go through as well. So that's just a condensed process, the process that I take women through.
1: Yeah, I love it. I mean, I won't lie. You know, uh, when you're talking about the process part and the different types of um, transitions, whether it be metamorphosis, um, purging or threshing, it does sound scary. (laughs) Oh, I've got a nice one for you. (laughs) <laughs> like you know what I mean because even when you talk about um you know whether it's the butterfly that whole process is it's, it can be painful you know when it's in the chrysalis it's 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 body is changing and it's like in this squeezed contained space and then it has to push out there's a lot of you know um I guess pain like I guess associated with that um and I just find that so interesting in terms of But then, what's on the other side, and how how beautiful the other side can be, and you know whether it's the threshing, the amazing results that are going to come out on the other side, and I I think a lot of times um, women don't want to to do the work, you know, Um, because all they see is the pain. They you know they're just afraid of that. That period that is um, temporary, um, but I don't know if you have any other words of encouragement for women who have found themselves in that space in between.
2: Yeah, um, you know, I also there's also another stage, <laughs> another type of transition which I call rest. Sometimes there's a rest phase you go through, but every single um, if we think about. Just in terms of hair growth, there's a rest phase that hair goes through and sometimes there's a rest phase. But let's, let's be honest, in this world that we live in, in this life that we live in as well, there is, in order to get, sometimes everything that's unlocked in you, things need to be prodded and pricked and poked and squeezed and crushed. And um, yeah, it's just us changing our mindset to what those things are. It's us changing our mindset. So if we think, like even just have a baby to give life, to birth life into this world, there's always a cost to things. But the benefits always far outweigh. When, even when we're talking about the um, metamorphosis, although there's a, there's a time of hiding, and even before before the caterpillar goes into the um, the chrysalis, it's enjoying its life. It is eaten so much. It has had so much leaves to eat. You know, the caterpillar actually grows to is it like four times its own. It's on body size So you've been enjoying before You've been reveling You've been partying You've been enjoying your life You've been enjoying all these things But If you knew The thing is that There's nothing extra needed From outside For the caterpillar to become the butterfly The chrysalis is formed by the caterpillar's body itself The Everything that you see from that butterfly, from that beautiful winged creature, it was already latent. It just needed that process to kick it off. So, everything inside that caterpillar, that ugly, sorry, that's how it is really, it's ugly. Everything inside that ugly caterpillar, it had every single genetic code. Everything written in his DNA Necessary for it to become that beautiful butterfly Now do you want to spend your whole life Being a caterpillar? No thank you I don't just want to be eating grass I want to fly So Once we change our mindset Whatever is necessary Whatever is necessary to take whatever's in you To burst forth Let's do it Let's do it It's painful but let's do it <laughs>
1: yeah Yeah. okay so i guess you know i don't want to leave this lingering because i know um the people that are listening are probably thinking well we just need a bit more detail about when you did go back to your um you know your birth family and you went back to that african home completely mm. different cultures hey, sadness. <laughs>
2: Okay, so I remember the actual, um, the memory became more evident over the last couple of months. And this is exactly what happened. I think it was my, probably my first experience of trauma. Okay, so I was about five. And I remember my dad came and I didn't fully remember Obviously, I knew it was my dad, but because i built such a bond with my with nanny Wendy. And I remember she said to I remember she said to me, Kitty, do you remember your dad said, oh, you're going back home? And you said, I'm not going anywhere until I've had my roast dinner. So she went and she went and had to go and buy the food and she cooked it for me. Okay. Prepared it for me And she said when I was going when she And it was time for me to leave I remember it so well Now I screamed And kicked and said I'm not going anywhere I just screamed and shouted And it was quite When I think about it now It was quite a traumatic thing For a little child to go through Especially just like that To tell them they're going And just take them like that So And I remember after that I didn't talk for a bit It wasn't for long But it was for some days Or maybe weeks I just didn't say anything Because from that time I remembered that Nothing I say makes a difference So And I think there That kind of set off a trend In my life as well Where it's like Oh It doesn't make a difference No one cares and It doesn't matter And sometimes even Even to voice my opinion About something oh, It doesn't matter anyway and that was the lie I started to believe in that because of that trauma. But it's it's also quite weird because Nanny Wendy, she also said that from that day on, she never fostered another child again. She said it was just too painful for her and her husband as well. She said from that day, her husband and her said, Right, we're not ever doing that again, because it's just too painful when they take them back. Because she had prepared to start to take me um into school. She said she'd already prepared the school everything that my hands me back now going back home that was very strange so my sister came as well from Nigeria so I didn't really know who she was <laughs> it's true I didn't know who she was um everything that was familiar to me in an instant was just completely changed um my parents tried in as much as possible to try and make me happy and kind of talk to me. But I always felt like there was that something um, missing. As much as I love my family, we're so good. We're close. We talk every single day. But I think that bond that I had with Nanny Wendy, it even as soon as we got back talking again, inseparable, it. But coming back home to my parents and having the African culture, the Nigerian culture, um, like I said, I was, I was a child that just, I just assimilated very quickly into, into situations and, and things. But I would say there was a, a level, I think, of freedom that I had when I was at Manny Wendy's. I remember she she would take me to all these different performance classes and everything that, you know, but I think when you go home and especially in African culture, where we're built to survive, especially coming to this country um, as immigrants. Why do we say immigrants? Why don't we ever say expats? But anyway, but yeah, as expats from Nigeria, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah, expats from Nigeria. But the situation isn't the same. Um, where I had everything, my own bedroom, my just my own stuff. And then I come home and we kind of, um, we have to share. We're in this flat and we're just, and my parents are just trying, really trying their best, but they've really done well for themselves. Now my parents have done so, so well and I'm so grateful. And I'm grateful as well, coming, going back to my family because I could, I say, you know what, Kedja, you have to work. You have to work. Um, and I'm, I'm just going back home and just being, I think as much as it was traumatic, it, I think it was necessary. It was necessary because who I am today, especially with the mix, with growing up in one place, but also having